Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, the guy who likes to get down and dirty, but cleans up real well. You get it. It's time for Beyond Okra with David the Hound Leggett. Leggett. Everybody. Today is Thursday, February 25th, 2016 at 11.30 a.m. It is a cold and beautiful day here in Pennsylvania. You are listening to another episode of Beyond Ultra with me, your host, David the Hound Liggett. As always, Beyond Ultra is sponsored by P4P Muscle, P4P Muscle and P4P Studios the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. So if you are an athlete that is looking for a solid foundation or just looking for a clean, drug-free-based supplement, check out P4P Muscle at P4PMuscle.com. So my guest today is a great man. He has a good time. He's uh, easygoing, wonderful guy to talk to. And uh, very excited to be on the show today. I'm excited to have him. <clears throat> it is Kevin Bardo. And we'll get into talking to Kevin in a couple minutes. He's an uh, accomplished ultra runner. Uh, he's a personal trainer. He has his own uh, sort of, uh, personal training business called Salty Anger Fitness. Great guy. Great everything. Basically, Kevin and I met up through the Orange Mud. So if you guys remember my very first show where I was new and nervous and all excited, I had the uh, founder of the Orange Mud uh, Foundation on, and that was Josh Sprague. And Josh is an awesome man as well. So I met Kevin Bardo through the Orange Mud. Uh, basically, it's a uh, gear company designed for endurance athletes, uh, mountain bikers, ultra runners, runners, triathletes. Um, check them out, orangemud.com. They are a fantastic company. Uh, it's a basic new way to carry hydration while you're working out. Um, and again, that's how I found a lot of the people that I have on the show is basically through uh, companies that I work with and companies that, that take the time to sponsor me. Again, uh, I big into ultra running and I got into the orange mud and on there, like I said, I met Kevin Bardo. And when we talk to Kevin Bardo, you're going to find out exactly why he's an interesting man. He's a uh, military veteran and uh, a father and just an all around great guy. And he cares a lot about people. So we will get into talking to him and find out what makes him tick. Uh, like I said, I just want to introduce how we knew each other, and we'll get into the thick of things. I want to thank Josh Sprague. Josh, if you're listening, um, you just posted on Instagram that the show is live. I really appreciate that. I appreciate all the PR from everybody. So let's get into talking to Kevin and uh, see how he's doing today. Kevin, good morning. How are you? I'm doing just fantastic on this beautiful rainy day. How are you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. And like you, like uh, like you, well, like me and you, we're both up in the uh, northeastern part of the United States. Oh yeah, it's it's a we kind of got jits on winter this year though. I'm a little disappointed. I love my snow runs. <laughs> I know you do post about them. So what what makes you what makes you love the snow runs? In fact, because I myself I hate to be cold. So going outside when it snows, and I mean I love being outside, but just just being cold. Like how how do you tolerate it? Uh, well, at first you don't, you know, when you first start running in the cold, it's a little overwhelming, but for me, it only takes like maybe a quarter mile to a half mile for me to warm up. But when you got those big flakes of snow falling out of the sky, and especially on like a nighttime snow run, when you got a headlamp. It just, to me, feels like the closest thing you're going to get to literally running through the stars. And I know it sounds kind of childish, but I absolutely love it. It makes me feel like a kid again. Well, you know what? That actually makes me do want to go out and run in the snow, Kevin. That, that doesn't sound childish at all. That actually sounds amazing and fun. And I never really thought of it that way. That's, that's a good way to think of it. I love that. So, Kevin, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody and just basically tell everybody who you are and, and what you do and basically what makes Kevin Bardo Kevin Bardo? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. But, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> it, so as you said, my name is Kevin Barto. Uh, I live in a little town called Delhi, New York. It's in central New York. And 
I just I like helping people. I own my own business. I try I try to be as laid back as possible. I mean, naturally, I get spooled up. You know, um, as a military veteran, you 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 learn that there should be an order to things, and when people have no order, it kind of you know, it, it's a little pet peeve of mine, di- disorder and disarray. But at the same time, you know, spont- spontaneity is a great great thing. I just I do my best to try to pay it forward. Um, having seen a lot of a lot of hate in people and hate in the world, other countries, stuff like that, I I, I really think it's important for us as humans to do our best to get along with each other and help each other out. And you know, the the sad fact is, is you'll always have the greed and people that are out for themselves. But I. The more people that can pay it forward, I think the the better off we'll all be as a society. And I do my best to add to that, to the positive side of it, at least. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I I fully agree with that, Kevin. I I do a job, and I, I don't talk about my my job too much on here, but I do a job where that's that's pretty much the same. Um, you know, negativity for eight hours a day, eight ten hours a day, whatever whatever it is, and. And I fully enjoy that outlook. And I think that's that's what makes me gravitate towards you and towards a, a lot of the people that that we uh, run and train with on Orange Mud, just, just in general, uh, the, the community we meet with ultra runners. And I think that's amazing that even having served in the military and, like you said, you know, there, there needs to be order and sometimes they're just not. But, you know, to, to have that amazing outlook on, on life is, is absolutely fantastic, Kevin. I appreciate you for that. And- let me just say that your job is extremely important. You know, like I, and you know, I feel bad for people with your job. Like, you know, you you have that stigma that follows you guys around, and it and that's horrible because your job exists because there is a need for order. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right. and I I I hate I hate people getting loaded on and dumped on, like when they're just trying to do their job and do the best they can. Uh, it's right. it's a shame to watch. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that immensely. It's yeah, it's and and it's, it's funny because people are going to be like, well, what did you do for a living? I haven't actually told anybody what I do for a living in the, in the six the six episodes or seven episodes that we're into now. <laughs> so let's let's just say it's a it's a professional position that uh, is always in the media. Uh, every state. In the, in the country, and my job is always in the media, and people are always just negative towards towards what I do on a daily basis. So, and I appreciate that, Kevin. Kevin knows exactly what I do for a living, guys. So, um, and I appreciate Kevin those kind words. So, you, we'll, we'll lay the ground we'll lay the ground structure just so you guys are aware. Uh, Kevin and I both both a lot of times swear like sailors, so we're going to reserve ourselves here. But uh, <laughs> Kevin, ironically, was a sailor. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's extremely difficult for me, but I'm doing my best here. I've been practicing all morning. <laughs> You've been practicing. <laughs> You're chilling together. Oh, no, I mean, that's the beauty of being on the Internet on a talk show, Kevin. We basically say what we want, but you, you know you, you know what I know, too, that eventually there's going to be people that look good, like, oh, man, are they, are they saying dirty words and, you know, things like that. And it <laughs> The reason Kevin and I are laughing, like if you if you ever look at some of Kevin's video posts on like Facebook and stuff, oh, it's it's colorful. And the first time I ever saw Kevin actually post a video, I giggled like I was laughing, just kind of like laughing out. I was like, Kevin, I think you and I are like the same person separated at birth because it's just the same stuff I would say. And then basically he says, you know, hey, I was a sailor, and you know, and uh, I swear like a sailor, and I guess it's true. So, <laughs> so we apologize ahead of time if anything comes out. It's okay though, Kevin. I appreciate it. So you got into. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm gonna do my best on the no swearing thing, and um, you know, it's it's just another challenge, you know. And sure. but yeah, let's let's roll with the questions, my man. Let's do this. That's how it focuses. That's how it focuses off the nerves, buddy. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, let me ask you. You got out of the military. Obviously, you you were young. You were young and, and agile. You're still young and agile, but you know, like a kid, and just didn't have any sense of direction. And I think that's where we all were and when we were when we were in our twenties. Just basically like, hey, where do I go from here? Um, so, how did you get into? I, I guess being a personal trainer. 
how, how did how did that love come about? Well, I I got out of the Navy in 2006 uh, after six years of beautiful and fun service, but you know something just told me I had to get out, so I did, and I traveled around the country. Uh, doing various jobs, all sorts of crazy stuff. I spent a month in Wyoming working on an oil rig till I realized the danger of that job and the crackpots that I was working with that didn't seem to care about safety. So I quit that job. I lived with my my uh, my buddy. I got out around the same time out in Columbus, Ohio for a little bit, but eventually gravitated back to Delhi, my hometown. Did uh, part-time jobs here and there uh and then i i spent five years as a short order cook i loved the job because it was it's a nice challenging job because it it takes organization and multitasking which uh, i thoroughly enjoy doing and for five years i enjoyed the job but i realized that i was just making completely unhealthy food for people and watching them shove it down their gullets. And I, I felt worse and worse about that. Uh, and a, when I started that job, I started, started running again because I took a long extended break from running on, you know, on and off. And I started going to a kettlebell gym here in town and fell in love with that. And I thought to myself, why can't I teach people to be healthy you know why can't i have a positive effect on others and so i came up with the game plan to get all my certifications went through that and then and it started my own business and here i am that's awesome and obviously you you pulled you pulled the terminology salty anchor fitness because of your military service yeah uh yeah uh the salty part comes from the the navy for sure because i'm i'm very very proud to be a veteran and if you know if you're a veteran you understand that and i mean they get they get dumped on a lot too uh uh, same as uh people in your line of work and the anchor part is both for the navy and because i really really love what the anchor symbolizes uh most people they think of it's just a heavy weight that brings you down. But to me, it, it's just, it's steadfast. You know what I mean? It's always there. It's reliable. And that's what people need. They need reliability, most importantly in themselves, which a lot of people don't have that that's a part of the, the mental training of working out and growing both physically and mentally, which I try to simulate in people. Right. That's, that's, that's awesome. And, and I want to say that, uh, first of all, before, before we continue, I want to thank you for your service. I'm actually not a vet. Um, I, I went into civil service when I was 21 years old. So I, I saw that as my, my basic way to, to give back to the country was to, to serve here domestically and, and do what I do. But, you know, I appreciate you actually going to the military and doing six years and then being able to take a positive experience away from the military and do what you do now, Kevin. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely, absolutely. And obviously, so then your uh, your symbol for your I love the symbol for your for your uh, your salty anchor fitness, which is the anchor and the the the, the dumbbell weight and a kettlebell inside. So I actually absolutely love love that symbol. Um, for those that don't know me, I I grew up actually Kevin in, in uh, New England in Connecticut. So I grew up on the water, and I grew up all around that. And then we moved to rural Pennsylvania, where it's just farm and no water. And uh, I, 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 if you guys ever see uh, photos of Kevin and myself, we're both we're both pretty tattooed up. Um, Kevin's actually more tattooed than I am. Actually, Kevin, you are a uh, tattoo artist yourself as well, correct? Yeah, I, I do it on and off, on you know, on the side, uh, most mostly for you know, f- uh, for friends when they really find something they really love. Uh, I used to do it a lot more regularly, but I I get really, really wrapped up in the fitness industry, and it leaves me with uh, virtually no time for it to to do anything else. Like like giving to other people can uh, can be a real uh, time sucker in, in many ways, but 
It's totally worth it, though, Kevin. <laughs> oh, you betcha. So the reason I the reason I even mentioned it is, uh, is if anybody ever sees me, I have a uh, I have the American traditional ta- anchor tattoo actually, and the uh, what we call the ditch, which is the uh, the bend of the forearm where it meets the bicep. So I actually have a uh, it's a Sailor Jerry tattoo, Kevin, in my in no, my uh, arm there. But I, but I, I got I got the there. same tattoo. Do you? That's awesome. Yeah, I got the awesome. same tattoo, literally tattooed directly on my throat. You just can't see it because of my ginormous beard. <laughs> Oh, guys, yeah. If you saw the photo, uh, Kevin has an awesome beard. It is beardful, beard wonderful, beardtastic, whatever you want to call it. But I, 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 was, <laughs> I think we might, we, might, we might work into that and ask, uh, ask how much that beard actually ruins your aerodynamics of running. <laughs> uh, you get used to it. It's kind, it, it's, it's kind of nice to feel it flowing around in the wind. Like the, the older I get, the less hair I have on the top of my head, so I don't feel that flowing around as much. So, you know, it makes up for it. You Maybe I'll just grow the beard so long that I can comb the beard up over the over the top of my head. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And put some yeah. eye holes in. Maybe, maybe do like the Chewbacca thing or something. I could be the next big thing. That could be nice. That's right. You never know. You never know. ZZ Top <laughs> might have something going for them as well. So, <laughs> I don't want to stray off topic here. We, I don't know how we went from talking about salty anchor fitted to beards with eye holes, but um, so, so I have another, I have another bullet point here and, and I, and I say that, uh, you know, you're really into training other people and you, you, you know, you love the fact that, like you said, you, you were cooking and people were just unhealthy and you felt as though you were supplying to that, that general uh, unhealthiness of the, of the American population, which I do notice a spike recently of, uh, you know, you, you go and look at statistics of other countries versus the uh, United States, and it says the United States is probably one of the most unhealthiest countries in the world. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you recognized when you thought, hey, you know what, I want to help people reach their fitness goals. So do you have certain training methods you try to implore in others when they, when they come to you, Kevin? Well, I mean, Yes, of course I have methods, but it varies from client to client uh, because I, I literally will take anybody on as clients. So it's it's literally tailored. Whatever methods I use are going to be tailored for their specific goals. Like I have everything from uh, CrossFit-esque people that are already fit, that can do amazing things, but I always start from the bottom with them, make sure that they got the basics down. And and then I have the other end of the spectrum. I literally have a client who has a cage around his spine and now is in need of a hip replacement. But yet this man twice a week sees me and he sits in a chair and we, we do a whole workout while he sits in a chair. And that right there, that's that's real inspiration. Lifting a bunch of heavy weight over your head, like anybody can work up to that. Lift it, you know, lift things up, put them down, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> Average people with like medical hindrances overcoming those, that my friend, that's why I do what I do. Like getting yeah. people through everyday life with less pain, that's it makes it all worth it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, that's amazing that a guy in a chair like can just you know persevere. And I, I love the passion that you have when you talk about that. It's, Knowing, knowing what everybody can go through and people do go through and just, just for you to, you know, to, to see that positivity in people is amazing. And, you know, that's, that's something I think we all look for, but, you know, I'm happy that you have that and I'm happy that you're helping other people, especially, uh, like you said, the gentleman now needs a hip replacement. I can totally relate. Um, I was going to apologize to the listeners that it's been about three weeks since I've been on the show, but, uh, I had a, I don't know if you've heard these, Kevin, I've had a PRP injection in my hip. Yes, I did. I did see that. Yeah. That's a, so that's crazy, dude. Yeah. So for people that don't know, that's a platelet-rich plasma. Basically, they draw your own blood, they centrifuge it, they pull the platelets out of it and inject it into a, into a bad region in your body that's basically deteriorating. A lot of professional athletes use it on their Achilles tendons and knees and things, and I've been told... Same thing, Kevin. That I'm on the uh, verge of needing a hip replacement in the right hip, so we had this. I had this injection to try and uh, basically keep 
keep the de deterioration from occurring. So we'll see how it works. I'll be getting get back to running on Monday, and I'll be back to all the craziness that we, we all do. But uh, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, talking about this one gentleman in the wheelchair, and that's that's absolutely amazing that he's coming to you, and, and he's he's sticking with two days a week, and that's that's fantastic. Um, you know, it's 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 all about it's all about finding what your client needs for motivation because everybody's motivated differently. You know, some some people need to be coddled and then some people want like literally come to me and they want a boot camp in your face experience. Now, now I'm not partial to having to sit there and scream at someone for an hour, but if that's what they need for motivation, I will give that to them. Right. That's, Plus, yeah, you know, that's, that's it's perfect. It, it's good okay. therapy too. It really, it really gets all your stress out being able to yell like that for an extended period of time. <laughs> oh, it makes you feel like you're back in the military, right? A little bit, in a scary sense, yeah. <laughs> I had a uh, CrossFit gym that was like that, and the the uh, the owner uh, Chris, he is actually wheel, wheelchair bound himself. He's a Marine sergeant, and uh, he has a uh, muscle degeneration in his legs that caused him to actually become come into a wheelchair after he uh, left the Marines. But when we would work out, Kevin, it was the same way. It was basically like, I'd laugh. He's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, stop laughing. It's not, you know, it's not funny. You should be working harder. If you can laugh, you can work harder. And, you know, that's, that's good motivation. Um, so, it, it, like you said, it's, it's tailored to tailored to your each client needs. And what I like that I picked up on that you mentioned initially was that uh, – you will actually take the time to go through functional movements to make sure that your clients understand the, the movements before you get into the sessions. And, and I think, I think that's, a, that's a key point for anybody learning to work out or that's getting to working out is, is that is learning those functional movements first before you put any weight or you put any, any skill into it. So I appreciate yeah. the fact that you do that with your clients as well. Yeah, you know, it, it comes along with, with the, uh, the saying that you have to learn to walk before you can run. Like everybody sees all these crazy things that people are doing on fitness videos on Facebook, on Instagram, online, and they're like, I want to jump to that. Well, that's nice, but it's all like all these crazy moves are literally just an offshoot of the basics. And if you can't get the basics down, what's the point? Like you can build a very, very awesome house, a huge mansion. But if it's on a wobbly, dumpy foundation, what's the point? Like if your foundation isn't strong, your house is going to be worthless. That's the way I look right. at it. No, and I, I agree. I fully agree with that. You're, you're absolutely right. And you see that a lot in the, in the gym. Uh, people walk in and I, I still go to the gym, even though I work out outside, do all that stuff. But, uh, when I walk into a gym, I see that a lot. I see people just going up. And, and I, I, I don't want to feel like a dick. Like, see, there I go. Um, I started already, Kevin. Uh, I don't want to feel feel like a dick going up to somebody and correcting form. Because, you know, who am I? Uh, like, I'm just some dude walking into the gym. But like you said, you, you know, you got guys up over there, you know, squatting 300 pounds. And, you know, their backs are bent. You know, they're curved yep. forward. Or, you know, they're, they're, they're doing some kind of functional movement that requires them to go all the way out with, with the arms or, or bring all the arm bones out, and they're only going halfway or a quarter way. Like you said, if you don't have that solid foundation, you know, what, what are you really accomplishing? So I, I think that's amazing that that's, that's where you would start, you know, day one, week one with your, with your client. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no matter – no matter what their fitness level is, it, like until they've mastered the basics, then like why move on? You know, it, it's, right. it's very simple, and you can you can give everybody the basics in an unboring way. You know, the key to fitness, I believe, is to keep it fun. If you can't right. keep it fun, then you get disinterested, and nobody wants to do it. So if you can continue having fitness fun. And but still be able to get the same amount of awesome work in and the most bang for the buck, like that's just winning. That's complete and utter winning, and that'll be you getting to the goals that you want to get faster because you're enjoying right. it. Right, right, and that's, right. And, and you know that's it. Go right. ahead. Oh uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right, uh, and that's the key. Um, like getting to your goals. All right. Um. I tell my clients 
every day that there is a secret to fitness, right? And to me, the secret to fitness is waking up every day and wanting to be just just a little bit better, not like a lot, you know, like because, you know, it's, things aren't going to happen overnight. They never do. And unfortunately, we live in a world where people that, you know, that it's full of instant gratification. You got all the shakes and supplements that people think are going to, you know, that they can spend some of those when you see the advertisements for them, that it's going to just shed pounds off. That's not true. You have to put in the hard work. So if you wake up every day and you just want to be a little bit better, all those little bits add up, right? And they become bigger bits. And those bigger bits become you crushing your goals. And then you get bigger goals and bigger goals. And that literally leads to you doing what you once thought was impossible. And that's the best part of my job. Like I get to see in adults, all right, that magic look that kids have on their faces when they come downstairs on Christmas, you know, like just pure amazement. When you can have a job so gratifying that you can see an adult turn into a kid and they're just so unbelievably proud of themselves. Like it, it darn near brings you to tears. Like, I love it. I absolutely love it. I've had uh, a, a more than one occasion sessions with clients that I've just been so happy for them that my eyes literally started leaking this crazy stuff they call tears. You know, it, it amazes me every time. I, I honestly, just listening to you talk about it, 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 I've got a big smile on my face. I actually just took a photo of it. I'll send you a photo in a little bit, but it's, uh, it's, uh, Exactly the, the exactly my belief when you work out as well. Because I hear a lot from people that you know, hey, I'm not seeing results. You know, they go to the gym for a week, I'm not seeing results, or they go work out. And it's like, listen, do you feel better than you did yesterday? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, that's all you need. It doesn't matter if you're huge. Does it matter if you're massive? No. What matters is if you feel better and you feel stronger than you were the day before. And and that's that's awesome. And uh, and I'm I, I'm so glad that you had that positive outlook. And just like I said. Listening to listening to you talk about it just makes me smile. It makes me smile, you know, ear to ear, Kevin. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And so you know, and that's that's the other thing I want to talk about is uh, you you use a term, and I think I use the same term. I don't think I've used it the same way, and you've actually simplified it to 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 understanding in two terms. You use the term functionally fit. You want to yeah. describe what functionally fit is? Ah, oh, man, another loaded question. Okay, so functionally <laughs> fit. Uh, well, it all depends on the trainer, on the person, on what what you believe functionally fit is. Now, I base my my business on making people functionally fit, right? Because I live mm-hmm. in a rural town where everybody, you know, not everybody, but there's a, there's a huge problem with people being slightly overweight or, or some would say obese and they don't need to look you know what I mean to worry about aesthetics and look like a Greek god like sculpture. Mm-hmm. They they need to get through life with a little less pain, with better rotational movement. Uh, being able to move on more than one level of plane at a time, you know, and mm-hmm. and the thing is, is functionally fit to me is being able to do everyday activities easier. And if you can work movements into your workout that specifically have that goal, it makes everyday life easier. It means you're improving the longevity of their life, not just putting their body through so much stress just so they look good. You know, now, working out all the time, are you going to get benefits of looking better? Of course you are. There's nobody that works out all the time and gets nothing from it. And if you are doing that, then either diet sucks and you're not eating right because that's half of working out is being able to pair your diet with it, or you're just not training correctly. So to me, functionally fit, you know, it means being able to do everyday activities better. That That's what it means right. to me. I like that. And, and I like that outlook because I, I agree with you. I, I like, agree with you. Um, um, you know, 
you know, probably hear the you probably hear the football. Being business runners that we're always so tall and thin, tiny, tiny. Basically, we tell everybody, tell everybody, I don't train to be huge. I train to do what I do. And, exactly. And I like, and I like that. I like that outlook. That it's basically, you, you know, you're you're getting in shape to be able to function. And you know, I appreciate that. And that's, I think that's where people get hung up. Like, like you said, a lot of people want to look that Greek god part. You know, twelve pack of abs, and you know, be huge and have that the rippling beard and the breeze and, and things of that nature. So. Yeah, and I see it at the, like, there's a local gym here that I, I teach a kettlebell class at, but I see that a lot there. Like, all these people, they just want to go in, you know, and they want to lift a bunch of heavy weights, and they want to look aesthetically pleasing. Well, that's nice, but you tell those people to walk up a flight of stairs, and they're wheezing. They're not fit. Because right. you look good doesn't mean you're fit. I mean, that's all show, no go. I want to get actual use out of somebody's muscles. I don't want... Mm-hmm them to just look good if looking good is a byproduct then that is even better that is amazing but being able to get through life easier i mean that should be a person's number one goal for even pursuing the path of fitness yeah i uh i had someone tell me the other day that they they ran around for an hour on a soccer field with their kid and didn't realize how how bad they felt after that hour, and I was like, wow, you know, really, I was like, just, you know, just running around with the, with the kid on the top, and it was a small child, so obviously, that's a lot of work chasing a small kid around, and, oh, yeah. and I told him, I said, you know, I said, you can, you can equate that to high-intensity interval training, I said, it's not, it's not normal running, it's not a distance running, it's literally you sprinting down one place, stopping for a couple things, sprinting back the other way, and, you know, I, I see how those, how these things can equate you know, and and I felt bad for the person because I know this person works out and they do they do like the videos and the you know like the P ninety Xs type thing, but they they legitimately flat out said after an hour I felt like I wanted to die basically chasing after my kid. So you know, and and I think that's important for people, especially that want to be around for their children, you know, as they grow up and be there to play with them. I I I think that you guys should go see Kevin if you're in the area, and and, and get yourselves functional for everyday life. Yeah, I second that. They should definitely come see me. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's not shy, guys. Um, no, I'm just kidding, Kevin. So you said you teach kettlebell uh, at a gym. So you, you went and you, you're a certified kettlebell coach, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, that was actually the first certification I ever got was kettlebells because I started going to a gym and they had kettlebells there. And I was, I fell in love with them, especially when it actually helped my first love of fitness, which is running. Like I noticed that through kettlebells, my form was better. My core was wicked strong. And of course, kettlebells are all in the hips, you know, and I, I had weak hips. I thought like everyone else that if I just run every so often, man, I'll be fit. But that's not the case. You need to cross train. It's very important. And I see a lot of runners like that's their, that's their downfall. Like I see a lot of runners that do not strength train, do not do any core training, and they they tend to just burn out and get down on themselves and they fall to the wayside. And it's kind of sh- it's a shame to see, you know. And but there are those that you can say, hey, you should probably be doing this, and and they'll take you up on it, and then they get the, they get the benefit from it. Like kettlebells are. They're amazing because you're getting the cardio factor in the same as the strength factor. It's a two-for-one big bang for your buck. And you can't go through a kettlebell workout and not feel like you need to peel yourself up off the floor. If you can, there's a good chance you're either superhuman, a demigod, or you're just not doing it right. It's one of those. Like. But yeah, I absolutely love kettlebells. I I like what they can do. It's amazing how this this cold piece of metal can actually help transform your outlook on fitness and your body. And through I watched I've watched a lot of people in this town go from being shy and everybody says the same thing. Oh, I don't want to do kettlebells. They're bad for your back. Well, that's not true. Kettlebells are actually really good for your back. And on top of that. Like 
it's good for the rescue. And there's not much of anything you can't do really with a kettlebell. It, but at the same time, you have to be careful. I mean, because let's be honest, like swinging a kettlebell, if your form's off, the first thing you're going to hurt is your back. And sure. so form is super important. At In all fitness, it's good to have good form. But it's like with kettlebells, like you lose your form, put that kettlebell down. Like it, all it takes is one bad swing. That's it. Right. So, Kevin, I when I when I started CrossFit, I was taught kettlebell swings. I'd never never swung them before. Always seen them. I was always intimidated by them because you know you're like, what is this 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 weird looking, funny shaped piece of metal? I actually have a kettlebell tattooed to my forearm because I love them that much. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Right. And my my tattoo is actually said it's probably gonna be one of the funnest pieces I've ever done. Just just a small kettlebell. But uh, Kevin, I learned the American kettlebell swing. And seeing you, you and Zoe post on on, uh, on Orange Mud about kettlebell swings made me change the way I do them. I changed to a Russian swing. So do you want to tell tell everybody what what's so different and what's so important about getting away from that American kettlebell swing? Okay, well, it's it, number one, it's all preference. Like it's it's really hard to convince people that do CrossFit not to do the American style swing. Now I am a patriot. All right. I'm a veteran. I love America. All right. However, comma, I hate the American kettlebell swing. I, I will go to the grave saying that. I honestly will. I, in the Russian style swing, all right, kettlebell, first off, the kettlebell swing, it's not for your arms, really. It, it's for your hips, right? It's for hip mobility and, and strengthening. And so adding more range of motion to lift it up over, to put it up over your head it's that's not necessarily making better, making it better. Uh, just because you're going the extra mile doesn't mean it's good for you. And in my experience, I mean, I've never seen anybody drop a 50 or more pound kettlebell on their head. I do not ever want to see it. I don't allow my clients to do the American swing. Uh, and I honestly, I believe that it impinges the nerves in your spine and and in your shoulders and I I don't like it. I just don't like to see that range of movement. It actually makes me cringe when I see people doing it. I teach the Russian kettlebell swing, um, which is you literally you're gonna you're gonna hinge your hips just like any other kettlebell swing. Which by the way is the most important thing first off to learn is the hip hinge, and we can get to that later if you want. But cool. in the Russian swing, you're literally going chest to maybe eye level tops. And then you're hiking it down. That's what you want. I believe going any higher is just going to lead you down the road to possible injury. And uh, like I said before, like form is very, very important. And trying to stay injury-free is the whole point of having good form. And I don't believe that it's good form to lift something like that over your head in that ballistic of a style. That's my sure. view on it. Okay. Um, so, and and, uh, and obviously, like you said, the, the Russian kettlebell swing comes out eye level and, and basically uh, doesn't give that impingement up overhead. And I, we talked about we talked about it before the show. I've already done kettlebell swings going up overhead, and I didn't actually think about my patriotism when we were talking about that. But now, kind of made me think about that. So, yes, I love America too. Um, I'll, I'll throw that out there. But. Uh, Doing those, it, it's so easy to lose control, like you said, of the weight, not necessarily even dropping it on the head, but I've already had it where it legitimately pulled my arms completely almost back to where I've either almost lost my balance or lost the kettlebell completely behind me. So Exactly. You know, I, I, I can relate to all those things, and including the, uh, the shoulder impingement. I would, I would always go to my chiropractor and say, I feel this electric surge. Almost like uh like when you when you get zapped at a uh, an outlet or a light switch after walking on the carpet in the wintertime. And I would feel that in my in my left shoulder around my neck. And I and he says, you know, you're doing overhead kettlebell swings, aren't you? And I was well, yeah. And then seeing you guys post that video or post post about Russian, the Russian swings, and you post this kettlebell video, Kevin, and that's what, you know, made me change my style I was thinking, you know, why am I going overhead? I'm not competing across it. I'm not doing anything that, you know, I can get other workouts that are functional overhead. So, uh, you know, I, 
I'm in agreement with you. I, I find it to be, I don't want to say easier because it's certainly not easier, but I find it to be uh, less complex to, to bring it up to the eye level, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to get, if you want to push a kettlebell over your head, just do some push presses. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, it, it's that simple. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's really, it's, it's tit for tat. Like, you're not going to walk into a CrossFit box and, uh, space and tell people you should be doing it this way and not get glared at. You know what I mean? Uh, it, <laughs> right. So it's going to come down to preference. <laughs> You know, it, it's all preference. Right. And, and yeah, that's, that's funny that you say makes, makes, gets you glared at because, you know, and we know, we know CrossFit is such a, uh, it's, it's such a, you know, just a, a high paced driving sport, but everything in CrossFit is devised around like no reps and making, making sure that the reps are exactly as, you know, designed by CrossFit. So I, I, that's why I laugh when you said, you know, you're going to get those weird books. Because, yeah, if you if you don't bring that kettlebell overhead, you're going to get no rest every single time. And, you know, it, it just kind of makes me giggle. Yeah. Yeah, you probably don't want me to get started on CrossFit. But, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I have no, I have no, listen, I have no problem with uh, CrossFit workouts. All right. Um, uh, what I have a problem with is racing a clock. Uh, so a lot of people, once they get racing, they break their form, right? I mean, not everybody. Some people can do it safely, but uh, like the good majority of people, you know, like uh, you, the Joe Schmo that you know has a nine to five go, goes to a CrossFit gym and thinks he's to get it done in the time he needs to get it done and faster than everyone else because he's racing, breaks his form. So then that can lead to injury. So that that's my only that's really my only issue with CrossFit. If you can take a CrossFit workout. And throw the clock away, right? Just don't worry about timing yourself. And it, it's beautiful. It can be a very intense, beautiful workout if you just worry about the form more than the racing a clock. Right. And it's interesting you say that because I actually started doing that. I, I, I tossed the clock and, hey, however long it takes me to do Fran, it takes me to do Fran, however long it takes me to do, you know, push presses or, you know, over, shoulder to ground, you know, ground to overhead, whatever. Uh, I agree with you, and and I saw that a lot. Uh, I love CrossFit. I, I love all the people. You know, I have a lot of friends that do CrossFit, and it, it's a phenomenal sport. Um, but I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, the clock thing isn't for me as well as it isn't for you, and it isn't, you know, for the people you train. And you know, to each his own. There are people that are exceptional at CrossFit that you know can race the clock and can still keep form. But like you said, the average. The average Joe that walks in and sees this, oh, hey, it's like a competition. We'll throw everything out the window. And one of my pet peeves, Kevin, and, I, and I'm sure you're going to agree with this, is I watch people race the clock on box jumps, and they don't clear their hips. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And sometimes yeah. sometimes, sometimes you'll watch people do box jumps, and they, they feel like they have to jump on the tallest, the tallest box possible. Well, right. that's – that's just showing off at that point. You can actually jump on a smaller box. You're getting the same amount of force. You know what I mean? Sure. You're still going to jump equally sure. as high, but you're getting the same amount of force, and it's going to be, you know, slightly safer. Well, sure. Yeah, you don't want to, like, if uh, if I ever show you pictures of my shins, I've, I've done a lot where you get tired and you just, you just smash your shins because, you know, you're clearing a 30-inch box or 24-inch box, and I, I came to the same conclusion, and Obviously, it took me longer. I mean, you're a personal trainer, so you, you see it. But it took me longer to come to that same conclusion, Kevin, that you don't need to jump 46 inches, 40 inches, 34 inches to have that the same amount of thrust from, you know, from the from the feet, the heels, the legs to, to, to get the same benefit. So, but, yeah, like you said, it, you know, you, you see people do that high jump. But a lot of times I see the people, when they don't clear, they, their knees are still bent, their hips are, are actually on the decline as they're already touching the side of the box and going back down. And that, that kind of irks me a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. That, and you, you also have the mental side. A lot of people, a lot of people literally, and, and I've seen this in a couple, actually, of my clients, they cannot box jump. There's something in their brain that says, you are going to hurt yourself. Do not do this. So, stop short. Like, 
Yeah, and so what I'll do is I will I will replace their box jump with literally doing tuck jumps, right? And then when you land, right. you do a full squat to duplicate the fact yeah. that you're going to be squatting up when you get on top of the box and have them do that over and over again. They're going to get the same basic effect from it. Right. There's nothing that cannot so, be modified. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You're right. You're, that's, that's exactly right. And that's what people have to remember. Just because they see one person doing, you know, a strict bench press doesn't mean they have to go out and do a strict bench press. They can do, you know, whatever and still have the same benefit. So yeah, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Rapid, uh, doing resistance band push-ups is actually a very good replacement for that are oh. scared. Like they're going to like clothesline themselves. Uh, it works very, very well. Interesting. I never even thought of that. That's, yeah, try it out, buddy. It's a fun time. Hey, that's why I have you. I, I, you're already giving me some pointers. I'm gonna, now because of you, I'm going to go back and hammer the kettlebell. So I appreciate that. Dude, I, um, I will write – when we're done here, when I get time later in the day, I'm going to write you a whole workout. All right? And I'm going to send it to you. No problem. I appreciate that. You're awesome. So, Kevin, you're worried that we weren't even going to fill, fill an hour. We're at 13 minutes left, buddy, just so you're aware of what's done. I know, right? See? I like um, to talk. So listen, hey, oh, same, same. That's why I think that's why I got the show, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to give up here. So, honestly, um, so I'll touch on it. And, and you're a phenomenal runner. And I know you're looking for that 100-mile that hundred mile distance. And, I, you know, hey, don't, don't they say, because you are, you're a phenomenal runner. And regardless if you get injuries or, or whatever, just being able to go out there and run run distances. And the distances that we run on Orange Mud, like we all joke about, oh, I ran a 20-mile you know, run today, and I know that's not what you guys really, really run. It's amazing. It's amazing to see the distances that, that you put down, that a lot of the guys put down on, on Orange Mud. And we, we scoff at it because, you know, we can go out and run 15 miles or 20 miles because we're ultra-marathoners and, and not think anything about that distance. But most people – can't do those distances. So, you know, I just, I just want to touch on the fact that you're a phenomenal ultra runner, you know, and well, it, it's amazing. Thanks. So I appreciate so that. You, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you have, do you have plans for any big races this year, Kevin? Um, well, yeah, I, I've got the uh, CNO canal down in Maryland, the, that hundred mile race I've been planning for oh. at the, uh, the last weekend in April, I'm actually going to meet oh. a couple of other, uh, orange mud ambassadors down there and yeah the plan is to actually get it this time this is redemption for me um come hell or high water man i really i want it you know being a smart runner sucks sometimes like i had to pull out of my the the last hundred i did but it's it's that was a smart move because i'm able to run still you know but yeah so after that uh in the middle of the summer i I've got uh, the Cayuga Trails uh, 50 miler. I ran it last year. Oh, it was epic. Uh, uh, one of the most beautiful races I've ever seen, and I cannot wait to get back there. I actually talked to my wife, into who's only been running for like the last like year or two, because I've got her in the running. She's actually going to do the trail marathon. I don't know if she even has a clue the amount of pain she's in for it, but I'm looking forward to watching that. And. <laughs> Like, That's on uh, June fourth, right? At Ithaca. Yes, yes, it is. It, and the guy that puts that on, Ian Golden, is just absolutely amazing. That man gives so much back to the, his community, and he yeah. just—you can feel his passion for running. The guy's awesome. George Bird, who I had on my show uh, three shows ago, he's actually going to run that as part of the USATF uh, championships, trail running championships. Oh yeah, so you know it was great because. That literally, it was like this giant figure eight that you had to do twice, right? So all the elite runners, they're all over the place. They're just lapping you left and right. But at the same time, you you just get like, so you get a little down. But at the same time, you it's just so gorgeous that you didn't even care. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing. There, like I like running in general. Like I have a love of running. It's great therapy. And I don't mind running on the road, but trail running I mean, getting mm -hmm. out in nature. I mean, there's, it's just, it's so much more. It and yeah. if if you're if you're a road runner and you think you don't like running trails, try it. Get out there and do it because it's 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 almost like a religious experience, you know? I, I, dude, I just love it. That's why I'm yeah, in I'm, September. 
Uh, I got in September. I'm actually meeting up with uh, Chad House, another one of our Orange Mud buddies, and we're gonna go and be dumb enough to run the Barkley Classic as a preamble to hopefully getting into the Barkley one day. And I'm just trying to get through that race without injuring myself. That's the whole goal of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like you said, you're a smart runner, so you understand when to when to throttle back, when to you know, when to push and, and unfortunately at times when to just say, you know what, I, I shouldn't continue today. But, you know, I, I, I've seen you the way you're training and the way you're doing everything. And I, I definitely have high hopes that you're going to, you're going to have all these races this year. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. Well, you know, the goal, the, the goal is never really to, uh, to try to race any of the elite athletes. Like my goal is always literally just to finish. And right. I, I believe, like I hate to be cheesy and say everyone's a, a winner, but when you're doing ultra running, I do not care if you're in last place. Mm-hmm. Running 50 miles is amazing every time. Like yeah. that's just, you know what I mean? Like, like so when Ooh. people are sitting there like, but I'm not fast. I'm like, if you're not fast, why don't you try ultra running? You will love it. People, the, right. all the people, the people are more chill. Like the smaller the distance of the race. The more uh the the more stuck I feel the people are, you know. So when I do anything that's a marathon or below, I take my time even more so, and I help other runners. That's what I do. But when I do ultra running, you know, I I take my time, but I'm doing it for me. It's more of a mental in you know challenge to myself. Can you do yeah. this? Can you get through 50 miles when you have to hear people while you're the whole time you're training for it? I don't even drive that far. I get so sick of that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I got that the other day. <laughs> it's it's annoying, you know, like or you know you hear, oh hey Forrest, I'm like, is it because I run far? Is it because of the beard? I don't care. I'm just done listening to it. But it's it's in, like I don't what I what here's what I hate. I hate when people come up to me and they ask me point blank, why do you run? Because I will look at them and say, how much time do you have? I cannot put into two minutes why I run. I can tell you I just love to do it and leave it at that. That's the that's a blanket statement. But until you realize that the human body was literally engineered, it was born to run. Like we were all born to run. There's there's tribes in Africa running like they don't kill game with you know they do it by running down the animal to exhaustion that is amazing so you're going to tell me you can't run no that's an excuse you know like like just try it i implore everybody and anyone who who thinks they can't do it and try it you know little steps i'm not saying going to run a 50 mile or anything you know go do half a mile is it gonna suck you bet it is but eventually i guarantee you love it guaranteed yeah Yeah. i I tell everybody the same thing kevin it's gonna suck but it gets easier Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, I love that. You know, I don't even drive that far. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a race in two weeks. It's a forty miler, so not quite yeah. fifty. Not, 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 so forty miler, a unique distance. So regardless of what my time is, uh, it's on March sixth, and I can't run. I haven't run for two weeks. I can't run until Monday. So that ought to be interesting. It's a week out for the race. But regardless, like you said, I, I've actually learn to control it at the end of this year, the ultra running pace, as opposed to the 5k marathon. And I think it's, I don't know if it's worked against me for 5k's and half marathons, et cetera, et cetera. But like you said, it's just a matter of finishing. And that's how I feel like the 40 miler next Sunday is going to be whatever I finish. I finish going to be PR for me. I've never run a 40 miler, you know, 40 miles, a unique distance, but yeah, I, I implore the same thing as Kevin does. Just go out and try it. Like, you know, people people shake their heads at, at runners and, oh, why do you do that? I don't even like to drive 30 miles, 40 miles. Like Kevin said, we get that all the time. You know, just go out and run. Uh, and you, you'll understand. You'll fully understand. I lost weight from running. I lost 90 pounds just because of running. So That's amazing. You know, the benefits, yeah, the benefits, are, the benefits are absolutely amazing, Kevin, honestly. honestly. I have a problem keeping weight on. <laughs> I wish I had your That's problem. my issue. Hey, while I got you here live via yeah. the world, this is the deal. I'm going to make oh. you promise me that one day we're going to meet up for that back on your feet 24 hour in Philly. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. do that, brother. Let's see how yeah. far we can run in 24 hours. All we have to do, 
I'm like, you know, nothing big, but let's break the hundred mile mark. That, that'll definitely be further than I've ever run. <laughs> well, let's do it. We, yeah, it won't be this year, though, dude. That's no problem. We can do it next year. Hey, absolutely. We'll set we'll set something up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I. Well, when is it? I don't even. It's, it's in July-ish, right? I believe so. Yeah, somewhere somewhere yeah. in those warm, ridiculously humid summer months. I remember running a uh, a Spartan race. It was Spartan Race PA actually, because my uh, my one buddy uh, Joe Smutek. You actually have a photo of Joe behind you and a picture at the start of that race last year. Oh really? You, you, awesome. You, the starting line goes off. You go. You have your hands up. And there's a there's this dude in a white hat right behind you. That's Joe Smutek, who I who I run uh, elite Spartan race with. And he says I'm going to run this race. I was like. Oh, get the freak out. There's Kevin and Joe in the same photo. They don't even know each other, but I know both of them. And That's uh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, you know, I was like, man, I'm envious, especially because, well, Philly is literally 40 minutes for me. It's a 40-minute drive. So. Well, I'm willing to drive to three and a half to four hours to meet you down there, yeah. brother. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to set that up. Because I got, I got a couple of ultras going on now. Like I say, I have this one in March. I have another one in April. That's called the Iron Masters. It's only a 50K. But it's uh, 7,000 feet of elevation, Kevin, 7,000 feet, and 5,000 feet gain in the first 15 miles. Man, that that this, just uh, made me want to go running right now. Yeah. This, this buddy, uh, Rick Stahl, he's a, a fellow ultramarathoner. He follows my uh, my uh, Facebook page and says, about, you should try Ironmaster's 50K. I was like, wow, it says 50K in it, so I'll sign up. Didn't even look at the race, Kevin. I didn't even look at the race. I just signed up. Right, and I just saw that seven thousand feet of elevation with a five thousand gain the first fifteen miles. <laughs> That's perfect. That's the perfect yeah, race. Right? Yeah. I fifty k. I don't care. And everybody's like, "Don't you care about the elevation?" I'm like, "I don't care. I don't care what the elevation is. I don't care what the distance is. I'll sign up." So yeah, no, you'll you care. Committed. You'll care when you're done. Well, sure. That's it. Yeah. A couple days later, yeah, it'll still hurt, and I'll be. I remember my first ultra marathon. I was pulling my legs into the car via my pant legs, lifting them into the car. Yeah. Dude, you know. My first, my first ultra was a 50 mile, and I've never ever felt so excited, but at the same time felt like I got hit by a truck at the same time. <laughs> it was, right. it was amazing. I, I think I've been chasing, like, been crazy enough to actually be chasing that feeling since then. Yeah, absolutely. And funny story, my last 50K, I actually uh, wiped out at 28 miles. And I remember, like you said, really like getting hit by a truck. I couldn't get off the ground. Everything locked up. And I was laying there for like a minute, going, like, yeah, get off. Like yelling, like, someone help me. And then I just realized, you know, it's a 50K. There's nobody around me for a while. But you know what? <laughs> and you know what happened? I finished across the finish line. I had an hour PR, even laying on the ground for two minutes because my body was completely seized up. But you know what? I signed up for another one, so I'm like you, dude. I'm chasing that, you know, chasing that, chasing that awesome feeling of finishing. Yeah, that works for me. That's perfect. Hey, do you, do you yeah. mind if I, uh, if I give a shout out to a, a couple nope. companies? Absolutely. Right, I was well, just gonna ask you about that, brother. All right. Um, well, I want to give a shout out to Orange Mud and Josh there for giving me the opportunity to be an ambassador for him. Awesome product, greatest hydration product I've ever used. Because bladders would always, they'd always hit me in the uh, the small of the back, and it was always an mm-hmm. issue for me. So having bottles up high worked out just absolutely beautiful, and I appreciate him putting up with my crazy antics. And uh, I yeah. also want to give a, give a shout out to uh, Carson Footwear, who I'm an ambassador mm-hmm. for. They make uh, trail running shoes, most comfortable shoes I ever put on my feet. If you can actually imagine the comfort of a house slipper, but you're running through the trails. It's yeah, dude. It's literally heaven, like absolute heaven. So huge thanks to them too. Absolutely. Hey, Kevin, I just want to thank you for being on the show today. I, well, thanks I, for I having me. Really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to close out by saying, you know, I appreciate Kevin's time. I appreciate everybody's time. Uh, go check out the companies that Kevin Kevin dropped out for you there. Uh, you know, everything is amazing. I love Orange Bud myself. Um, I've never I've never seen Carson footwear. Um, I'm a Tobo guy, unfortunately, Kevin. Sorry, but it's all right. Uh, like I said, I just want to thank you for being on the show. This was another episode of Beyond Ultra, and today is February 25th, 2016.
So there it goes. Dude, that was awesome. All right. Hey, yeah, yeah, we, we, oh, let me make sure. I'm ending the episode. If I lose you, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, buddy. If I lose you, I'll get you, uh, I'll get you on the on phone, all right? Because I hope we're not still recording. <laughs> that would be, that would be.